0: Welcome to Relationships Turned On. I'm your host, Laura Press, Marriage and Relationship Counselor. I believe relationships can be fixed and you deserve to have a connected and loving relationship. I give you the tools, strategies, and insights so you can have a world-class relationship. Welcome to this episode of Relationships Turned On. This episode is all about the seven ways that you can save your relationship before Christmas. Okay. Now, if you're not in the needing to save your relationship phase, then that is fantastic. And this episode will still help you because I will also talk about how you can thrive during the Christmas season or the lead up to Christmas, which is really, really important given how stressful it can be. How do you actually save your relationship before Christmas, right? That's a lot. That's a big thing to say right there. Putting deadlines on it actually stresses people out more than anything. So I would say let it take the time it needs to take. Now, I know the heading says save it before Christmas. These things will help you do that in a moment, but also I want to just put the caveat out there that deadlines don't help. You need to be able to emotionally process. You need to be able to move through things at your own speed and your own pace. So that's first thing, remove all the deadlines. (laughs) Second thing is discuss sit down, talk, make the time, take the energy to discuss things. I know you might feel if you're in the, you know, saving the relationship phase, you may feel spent. You may feel exhausted. You may not want to talk. The only real way to move through it and save your relationship before Christmas is to talk, is to express your own authentic thoughts and feelings and have them backed up by actions too, right? And so if you're wanting to save this relationship, my next point is, so the first one, get rid of the deadlines, let it be what it's going to be. The second one, communication, communication, communication. You need to set aside the time to talk. And the third one is what actions are you showing your partner? Like are you showing them that they're important, that you love them, that you, they're cared for, all of those things? Because if you really want to save this then you've got to throw everything at it. And I don't mean throw anything at anyone, but I mean, metaphorically speaking, you've got to throw everything at it. You've got to be all in. You've got to just give it your best and know that regardless of the outcome, if you've given it your all, you've given it your all and you can rest easy knowing that. Okay. Even though I know that's still stressful, but it's, it's better than no having regrets and going, I haven't done all I possibly can. And so that's really important. The next one, number four, is to regulate your own nervous system. So good sleep, hydration, exercise, you know, mental health practices, deep breathing, all these things are really important because you will be in stress. Your cortisol will be really high. You'll be freaked out most likely you'll be emotional or upset or angry or hurt or pissed off. And you need to emotionally regulate yourself so you can have good conversations. You can't have good conversations from that place. So you do your best. And it's not to say you'll feel amazing, but you'll feel better than not doing them. So regulate your own nervous system and take responsibility for how you show up in the relationship. And so that kind of brings me to my next point. It kind of almost is my next point, which is 100% responsibility for yourself. So we often throw everything back at our partner. Why are you doing this? Why are you saying this? Why are you thinking this? Why are you feeling this? Why can't you just do this? Why can't you change? Why can't you, can't you, can't you, can't you? I don't understand. Like it doesn't make any flipping sense to me. And it doesn't make sense to you because you're not them. But also if you're not listening and you're not really taking it on and you're not having those deeper conversations, it won't make sense. And sometimes emotional... Things are illogical, so it's really hard for them to make sense to the rational brain, and that is important to know. And so you can separate and go, okay, well, I know these feelings might be logical or illogical, doesn't particularly matter, but often feelings are illogical. If you know that, then you can have a different type of conversation. It's really important to actually understand that part to have a better conversation, Okay. And now the next one is really around quality time. And now you get I know you're gonna to say to me, well, how are we gonna do that? We don't really wanna spend time together. Conversations are hard at the best of times. Spend time together doing something. So going for a walk, playing a game, just actually start to engage and stretch. So I know you don't feel like it, but sometimes you know, I don't feel like exercising pretty much a lot of the time, right? I do not feel like it. You know, I think, well, okay, all I'm going to do is I'm going to put my clothes on <laughs> for exercise, you know? I'm going to get in my pajamas and I'll put my clothes on. All right, cool. I've done that. That wasn't so bad. All right, I'm going to fill my water bottle up. Okay, cool. You know, I'll get my shoes. You know, I'm, I'm halfway there. Like half the work is done just by getting dressed and putting my shoes on and filling my water bottle up. And then it's like, all right, well, I'm dressed now. might as well go. And so when you're in this phase of like saving the relationship, it's that kind of thing. It's like, I don't want to sit down and talk to you. I'm angry. I'm annoyed. I'm pissed. I don't want to spend time with you. It's like, yes, but if you want to save the relationship, you must do something different than you've already been doing and do it with a different intent. And so that means like I'm going to stretch. It doesn't feel comfortable for me to go sit and make a cup of tea and sit with you, but I'm going to make the cup of tea first. All right, now we're sitting. All right, now I'm looking at you. <laughs> okay, I better do it. I better talk with you. And now I, uh, this is not what I'm saying that you're showing your partner, but I'm just sort of trying to explain to you the battle that, which I'm sure you know, that goes on internally to get to these places when you don't want to talk. Same thing as if you don't want to do something. Sometimes walking. And being parallel, so being side by side, is less confrontational than being face to face. Now, I do always recommend eye contact. Eye contact is great because you see them for the human that they are and you create that connection. However, if you're not there, walk side by side because movement is good for processing emotion and talk and get it out and listen and repeat back and truly try and understand where your partner's coming from and display empathy, display care, display understanding. It is a powerful place. From that place, you create connection. If you can add some vulnerability into the mix, then you can create a deeper connection. Okay. Because when we think about it, what is different from our partner to our friend? what's different is our intimacy what is different is our lived shared experience that we live together that we share things together that we love together um it is the vulnerability like i would share something more real raw and vulnerable to my partner than i i'm not going to share it to the person i'm passing on the street or the person at the post office you know it is that level of intimacy and connection and, and that keeps you together that helps you move through the tough stuff as well and so fostering that is so important and it's the hardest thing to do because it's like well I'm going to show my partner my real self oh my goodness and what if they don't love me what if they show them warts and all and they reject me what if I show them everything and they reject me you know I I read this quote and I thought oh my goodness it's so good is that marriage and marriage vows is saying I'm going to stay here I'm not going to run away from you when you show me your flaws. I'm not going to run away from you when you show me your, your little idiosyncrasies or the lack mindset you have or, you know, all of the things that sometimes we pretend we don't have. I'm not going to run away from you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay and I'm going to look at it and we're going to be together anyway and I'm going to love you through it anyway. And, I mean, I just thought, wow, isn't that powerful Is that despite how inherently flawed every human being is? So, you know, when we're looking at the grass is green on the other side, it very rarely is. I mean, unless I'm talking about safe, healthy, safe relationships right now, okay? Only safe relationships. And when we're talking about safe relationships and we think about that the grass is greener elsewhere. Very rarely is it. I mean, we take all our own stuff with us wherever we go, so we can't escape ourselves, and I think that's really useful to know. We bring our own set of stuff, of challenges to the relationship. Like, I mean, I don't think I've met any person that's particularly a walk in the park. I mean, don't get me wrong. They're amazing, beautiful people, but we all have stuff is what I'm trying to get at. And so when you can come and understand and kind of take that eagle eye view, and that's probably my next point, my eagle eye view above the relationship and be like, okay, I get it. Like I can see that they're human, that they're trying so hard and that they're struggling. And your trying is going to look different to their trying and vice versa. It's never going to look the same and they're never going to operate like you and you never want them to because if they do, then you've, found a clone of yourself and you'll be very bored and you'll leave in the end anyway. Do you know what I mean? Nobody wants to be married to themselves. I mean, my goodness. <laughs> that would be shocking, you know. It's not fun, it's not enjoyable. And so it's celebration in the differences. And understanding that differentiation is okay and it's needed and it's what it, what you want and it's that you have these two separate beautiful humans in all their flawed goodness <laughs> that come together and they're individual and they are different from one another and that is good and that is okay and it's just in the connection between the two that we want to re-establish and we it's not even re-established that connection is always there it is just the experience of it that we do not get which is an amazing Amargo principle that I just thought I'd drop in there because I think it's beautiful to be aware that the connection is still there because the connection is there with everybody like you know, myself and my daughter, myself and my partner, myself and a friend, it's a different type of connection, but the connection is always there. It's just when you're not together or you're not, you know, flowing together, or you're not connected, you don't experience the connection. What you experience is that the connection is gone or you experience disconnection. However, the connection is always there. You just get to re-experience it if you allow yourself to. And so one of my next questions or points, and I don't even know how many points I'm up to it by now, but anyway, (laughs) my next point is are you allowing yourself to experience with that person love, joy, and connection? Are you allowing yourself to experience them as a real human being that's flawed, as are you, and being like, that's okay. And maybe even it's okay that we want different things. It's okay That we experience life differently. And it's just to create that shared understanding and empathy. Like, I mean, you don't ever know what experience they have gone through as a child that has brought them and led them to this point where they go, Hang on a minute. Hang on. Like, I am reacting like this because I did this as a child. (laughs) I am reacting. And this is so important to me because of the way my parents interacted with me as a child, or because this event happened as a child. Like, That happens all of the time. We are all reacting unconsciously out of childhood patterns. And I think it's important to be aware that that is the case. And when you're aware of that, you can do something about it. Often that's where therapy comes in or counselling comes in. Same thing, yeah? So sometimes it's support that's needed. And I would, like, honestly, I'd strongly suggest if you're in the phase of, hey, how do we save this by Christmas, you need support. (laughs) Absolutely. You need support and you need a professional to help you step and guide you through that. And you know, that can help because sometimes we don't put the time into, we don't, we we go off track, we get into our own defenses, we get defensive, we put walls up. Whereas when you've got someone with you, you can help guide and direct and, and move through that so we can experience the connection together. How do we save it by Christmas? So micro connection is the next point is that we steal moments that we can when the things are difficult. And this is how you thrive as well, by the way, during the silly season. You take micro connection points, you steal the hug, you grab your partner into a room for a minute and give them a kiss. You, you ask them how they're going when you're on the drive, you, connect while you're driving, you put the technology away or when you're flying, you know, you use that time as connection time. You don't have to find extra time. And I think this is this big myth. Oh, we have to find like three hours to connect. I was like, no, I mean, great. Yes, you should find that too, if you could, but not necessarily. When things are busy, successful couples have habits. When I am very, very busy with work, with kids, with everything. I will ring or text my husband. I will even send that two second text that I like, maybe I, you could perceive that I wouldn't have time for, but I make the time for it. How long does it take me? What, 30 seconds? Thinking of you, missing you, can't wait to see you this evening. That makes them feel important, special. And you know, it's worth it. What? It took me 20 seconds to make my partner feel important and special. And so there are ways that you can do that. You can put lots of notes in the lunchboxes like, yeah, corny, but so what? It's a connection point that took you 20 seconds or a minute that means something to them. And that's the thing. It's like what would mean something to your partner? So over this holiday season, my next thing is I want you to think about what would mean something to your partner? Is there something that your partner often says that what they would like to hear, do, say, be, whatever it is, how can you help make that happen? How can you give them, whether it's physical touch, words of affirmation, go to the love languages, how can you talk in their love language? How can you give them an express love to them how they want to receive it? Make it authentic, meaning, make it meaning and specific meaning meaningful (laughs) and specific to them okay these things are so important and if you can do all these things you really could save your relationship by Christmas now obviously I'm generically speaking here and you can make your relationships thrive over the silly season by having micro connection points by being intentional by setting aside time if you want to for date nights, for relaxation, for what you actually want in your holidays. And I think if I can get one key message, if you're looking to thrive or even save your relationship, be intentional, be intentional about how you spend the time. Like what is the most important thing right now? If saving your marriage or your relationship is the most single, most important thing right now, then maybe you should reshuffle your priorities. If connection and feeling love and joy and using the time where you're actually not at work to rekindle that romance and that relationship, then reshuffle the priorities and make it a top priority. That doesn't mean that you're neglecting your kids. It actually means you're being a good parent. Your your kids want to see loving, kind, thriving parents because it helps them feel safe and secure. And it helps them have those types of relationships and it helps them relate to their sibling and communicate to their sibling better. I can't tell you how many stories I have of parents specifically coming back and saying, my kid is now relating to their sibling so much better. They are talking to each other nicely. They are not fighting as much. Now we're not fighting as much. They are basically mimicking and copying us. So the better we get, the better they get like, whoa. And they, that's not there's no extra discipline there's no extra like you do this or this must happen you know none of that it's by modeling and so the same principle applies in your marriage or your relationship model how you would want to be treated so for example if i want my partner to go and above and beyond for me and i want them to surprise or delight me or to um you know, help me out, or do access service, or any of those types of things. I would be like, okay, well, I'm going to go above and beyond tonight. You know, I am. You know, maybe they're stuffed. You know, maybe they're going to have you know um, dinner in bed. <laughs> I don't know. I'm making some things up. I don't know, but you know, like maybe I'm going to deliver you know the main meal, a drink, and dessert in bed, and they can just rest and watch a show, or on the couch and they can watch a movie. You know, may how can or maybe I. I'm at the shops and I know their favorite thing in the whole world is chocolate chip cookies and so I'm going to get a packet with a little and I'm going to write a little post-it note and I'm going to put it on their bed like thinking of you today saw these couldn't help but buy them for you how do you feel if someone did that for you or just it's just about creating we have all these human needs and relationships and you know here yeah, I'm going on some more tangents for you but We have human needs and relationships. We have the need for freedom, and we have the need for safety. We have the need for spontaneity, and we have the need for sameness, which is safety, right? And so, all of those needs to be needs need to be addressed. So, if it's constantly mundane, if you know what I mean, like run of the mill with between you all of the time, how do we get the spice back in there? Start thinking outside of the box. Start doing little surprises to delight, excite your partner. If it's always spontaneity. And it's always whatever. How do we create safety? How do we create, like, and I'm talking about emotional safety here. Let me be clear. How do we create that deeper intimacy? It's like maybe deeper communication is about being vulnerable. It's about, I'm quickly interrupting this episode to tell you about one of my epic free gifts that I'm giving away this holiday season. It is 18 ways to survive the silly season with your partner. It is stuff you can implement straight away. It is actionable and all of the things that you're implementing are free and you can get this free resource by the link below. So click the link and stay tuned. I am bringing you so many extra gifts that are free this holiday season. So click the link below. Creating the time and space for that and perhaps not always running off to XYZ and taking some time and slowing down. So it's different for everybody in how this looks for them and their relationship. But I just wanted to give you that. Um I know I'm probably gone way more than seven ways um, that you can save your relationship by Christmas. But I just think it's so important. Your relationship is so important. And I, I always come back to this Tony Robbins quote that your relationship can either be the greatest source of joy or pain. You get to choose. Now I butchered the quote, but you get it's the exact same gist, right? So it's your decision whether it's going to be pain or joy. Now, I understand there's another person involved that makes decisions too. Yes, sure. But you get to decide how you show up. You get to decide what energy, what intention, how you show up to the relationship. So like, sure, have you been giving action? You might have been giving 10%, 20% of action than you normally do. But is that enough? Is that enough when you're at breaking point? Like really? I just want you to think about that. But also, if you're only giving 10, 20, 30, 40%, is that enough when you want to have the most lit up on fire, passionate, sexy, awesome relationship? Is it enough? I'd say no, <laughs> you know. If if I was like, "Oh my gosh, my relationship, this is where it's at." All right, like I have to double down. I have to get in there. Like I have to think about what would be important to my husband and how to make how to like make him feel loved, connected, and all of those things. Now, like I know, yes, some of those things are an inside game, right? That's not what we're talking about today. That's another conversation, okay? <laughs> but from the point of view of a, of a wife, you know, in my situation, it's like, well, okay, what do I do? How do I show up? Am I showing up as my best self, you know, at the end of the day? Probably not. I'm probably stuffed. <laughs> I'm exhausted. But that doesn't mean I couldn't give, I couldn't rally for five to 10 minutes and go, give a hug, give a kiss. How are you going? How was your day? You know, do you need me to get you anything? Yeah. Because if we go into our relationship as a place to give and not get, it changes the game. It is a mindset that we all should have. All right. (laughs) I'm going to leave it there. These things will help you thrive as well as survive. So don't think they're just for surviving. They are things that we all should be doing in your relationship. Thank you so much for listening and looking forward to talking to you again soon.